You are listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis, the one and only podcast that discusses modern plastic surgery and leaves you looking great and feeling better. Welcome, everyone, to the Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, board-certified plastic surgeon. You know, one of the most exciting things for me is office hours. I kind of love talking to patients, seeing what's on their mind, seeing what I can do to help them. And it really does fascinate me that there are so many of you that are my patients and so many of you that I speak to almost on a weekly basis with answering questions that you may be sending in, or even if I'm at a lecture somewhere, and there's still such a confusion about Botoxed areas or do you need Botox in a certain area versus do you need a facial filler in that area? And that's one of the things I really wanted to speak on today is to give you more clarification on what I think a lot of us as plastic surgeons or a lot of us that just do cosmetic procedures almost assume that all of you know the difference between getting Botox or getting a facial filler. So this may be very elementary for a lot of you, but I do think there's some very interesting nuggets of information that hopefully I will be able to uh, deliver to you and expound on things for you so that you'll understand it even a little better. The first thing for all of us to know is that Botox is just one of a few products that have been FDA cleared to use to make muscles relax. And we talk about Botox because that is like the granddaddy of all of these relaxer agents. But there's Botox, there's Juvo, there's Dysport, and there's Xeomin. And very soon, within the next month or so, there's going to be another one that we're going to talk a lot about, but I'm going to do a whole separate podcast and video about that product. So suffice to say that when we're talking about that realm of products, which we're going to call neuromodulators or some people call them toxins, which never seems to be a great word to use because people get scared when they hear that. But at the end of the day, it really is a medicine that we've used in the field of medicine since the early 1950s, where we were actually able to use something like that to make certain muscles relax so that other muscles, let's say, could catch up. And this was done around the periorbital area or for little babies that were born with um, an eye that was being pulled off to the side by a hyper-functioning muscle. You would be able to inject that muscle 
allowed that to relax while the other muscles of the eye matured and you saved the child an operation. So similarly, over the years, we've learned more and more about how to utilize this Botox to make certain muscles go to rest so that other muscles could take over. And that's the segue of what I want to explain to you. When I take a look at your face and you describe to me things that bother you, one of the first things that we assess, is it a dynamic wrinkle or a dynamic appearance that you don't like, or is it a static appearance that you don't like? And I'll explain to you the difference. A dynamic or a functional type of a wrinkle or a, an appearance may be when you grimace, when you squint, you start to see those crow's feet on the sides of your face right around your eyes. You go out in the bright sun, you squint, those lines that are starting to develop in the skin are lines that we call crow's feet, but they're happening because of an actual action that you're doing. You're squinting. That would be what we would call a dynamic wrinkle. If, on the other hand, you're just sitting in the patient's chair, like you do, and you have a mirror brought to your face and you show me the lines that are around your mouth and you're not smiling, you're not animating, you're not doing anything, but those nasolabial folds, the lines that are right on either side of your nose that come down to your mouth and then some of you even have it extend into what we would call a marionette line. Those grooves or creases are there regardless if you're animating or not. And those are called static creases or static lines. And those need a filler because regardless if you're animating or not, there are hollows there, there are grooves there, there are wrinkles there that are present regardless of anything else that's happening. So that's really the differentiation between what we would consider an animation crease or an animation wrinkle or a, a dynamic one versus a static one or one that's just there regardless of what's going on. Now, the interesting thing is, and all of you know this, that get fillers and Botox at a certain time in your life, if those dynamic or animation lines haven't been addressed, they will become static lines. And the perfect example of this are those 11 lines, the ones that we always talk about right above your eyebrows or right where the root of your nose is. Those 11 lines or glabellar lines can become static because you there's almost like a gully that develops there from years and years of frowning. And that's why so many young people may be starting to get into Botox or other things like that because the concept has developed over the course of time that if you can prevent those 
wrinkles from really developing, you will never get the depth or the wrinkle to be permanently embedded in your skin, thus creating, again, static wrinkles. So there is a place in this whole armamentarium of procedures where you would look at someone and they have almost no lines or creases on their face. However, when you ask them to frown, when I ask you to frown or smile or animate in a certain way, and then you tell me those are the lines that bother you, aha, now we have to inject those lines with Botox or Dysport or one of those other four that I just mentioned, because that will make those muscles relax enough so that you won't be able to wrinkle up the skin. Now, here's where this whole thing gets to be more specific and more nuanced. There are certain places on your face that regardless of what I just described to you should never have Botox placed. And the reason for that is, although it would do a great job in making that skin not bunch up or not wrinkle up, it may affect the underlying muscles in such a way that it makes you look weird. It makes you unable to smile normally. It makes your eyes look really awkward. It just looks like something happened to your face that just looks odd. And trust me when I tell you, we've seen over all these years, many of you that have maybe taken a cruise. And while on the cruise, someone said, hey, you know, they're doing Botox down below in one of the little areas. You get your Botox. You're on the cruise for five or six days. Nothing really happens. All of a sudden, when you're home from the cruise and the Botox kicks in, you look kind of weird. I've had this happen so many times with some of you that have come to me as patients and just said, it's maybe not a cruise. It may have been that you went somewhere and you got something done. And then once it kicks in, you realize, oh my God, I don't look like myself anymore. You know, you know what I'm talking about because you've seen these people on TV as well. So one of the great ones to talk about is Simon Cowell. I've had so many of you come in and tell me what happened because now he's like sworn off of Botox and fillers because he was just going way too far into this. And that's one of the risks when you guys come in and ask me about wrinkles that let's say start at the crow's foot area, but start to run down the lateral side of your face or along your cheek. We really can't chase those because you have to remember those creases are being caused by muscles that are underneath that skin. If we keep on injecting lower and lower on your face, you're not going to be able to smile normally. You're not going to be able to lift your cheeks up when you want to smile and it'll look not good. So again, Although we know how to use the Botox, we also have to be wise as to where it should be utilized, what muscle groups it should be placed in and which ones it shouldn't be placed in, depending on the look that you're going for. 
and understanding now, hey, maybe those creases or those wrinkles that are there all the time need some sort of a filling procedure. It needs something to make them a little bit less crepey, a little less hollow. And that's when we start talking about using different kind of facial fillers. And the names of those things go from Restylane, Juvederm, Radius. Um, there's a lot of them out there. Um, there's a whole new uh, process of understanding this with a company called Revance that has put out brand new facial fillers that uh, can be used in a deep or a superficial plane, depending on where the crease is emanating from, that hollowing. So again, this podcast really wasn't supposed to get into too much about the individual products. It was more about differentiating between filling something that's a static crease or line or wrinkle versus trying to affect the dynamic lines and wrinkles that happen when you wrinkle up your forehead or you um, smile a certain way and you're trying to see if the creases around your eyes when you smile can be made more subtle. Even if you have some lines around your lips from smoking or some of you that never smoked still get those vertical lip lines. We can put little droplets of Botox there, again, understanding the fact that by you using a straw or smoking or puckering your lips a lot, over the course of doing this many, many, many times over many, many years, you're going to develop those ingrained vertical lip lines where your lipstick will run up into those lines, etc. So that's another place where we could squelch some of that real um, ability to pucker real aggressively by putting small droplets of Botox there. Again, there's nothing wrong for you to get a little bit of Botox and a little filler in certain areas. So I do that with you all the time. If there are wrinkles that we're trying to stop, but you also have those static lines there. So regardless of the Botox working, those lines are still present. We can use both. A little bit of Botox, a little bit of filler. It works great. Hopefully, this kind of clarifies a lot of that confusion. And if not, you can always contact me at davidcps.com or come in to talk about it in a virtual consultation or in person. You've been listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Davis, and I'll be speaking with you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Plastic Surgery Revolution with Dr. Stephen Davis. Please subscribe to our show in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. Keep listening, looking great, and feeling better.